praise God. Praise God so much. We have come to the end, or we ended the week of Genesis on Friday. That was last week. And it's exciting. God is good. Just going through the chapter Genesis, I I, I see that we have covered, I feel like we've covered the entire Bible. What do you think? The key teachings of God, the key teachings of Jesus, I mean, the, the Bible is his word, has been given in the book of Genesis. Let's think about it. The first thing that was given to us was how man came to be, how everything came to be, signifying the power, the authority of God, his word that has power. He said, let there be light, and it was. It's words of creation. In the beginning, we saw the supremacy, the, the majesty of our Father in the beginning. Then we saw how man fell. In that beginning, first of before he fell, we saw that man was in paradise. Man was with God. Man saw, man spoke. Man had physical, um, a physical experience. Like he could see, he could hear, he could he could perceive the aroma. Or I say aroma, the fragrance of God. All those four senses: sight, feeling, uh, sight, touch, and all of that. We saw that that was how man was in the beginning. Then we saw sin. We saw man disobeying. In the future, in future chapters, we will see the Bible give us a definition of what sin is. That is, knowing to do right and not doing it. Now, God instructed man and his wife, do not eat of this tree in the middle. They decided to eat. Oh, many will say, oh, they were deceived. But they disobeyed the instruction not to eat. Whether or not they were deceived, they disobeyed. Now, we saw that disobedience. Now, we know that disobedience is sin. And we saw that in the story of Adam and Eve. Now, what was the repercussion? What was the consequence of disobedience? They were driven out of the garden of Eden. They were driven out of paradise. Now, what drove them out? Disobedience. Sin drove them out of paradise. Now, man, that is Adam and Eve, did not now see God physically anymore. They didn't speak to him physically anymore. They couldn't touch him as they could in the beginning. Do you understand? Now, that is the consequence of sin. Now, isn't it, isn't it obvious that us walking back to paradise means we must let go of sin? Isn't that the entire gospel just given in the Genesis account? Now, we now went further. God now further now instructed Adam and Eve. He told them, and I believe it's for our own good, 
so that we will not be deceived because there's there's so much spiritism these days especially from africa so much spiritism they say oh uh baba tunde ah i saw baba baba at lagos meanwhile baba is dead baba is dead over a year now if not two baba's been dead for a year so what you what 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 would it mean to me if someone tells me oh he saw baba at uh, lokoja or he saw baba at mm1 mm1 is moritala mohammed airport so why would i believe that when god now told adam and eve that because of this thing you have done because you have disobeyed me dust you are that is it was dust man was formed dust you shall return now god being a god that knows the end from the beginning now told him he reminded him and he told us that how he told us that he made man from the dust of the ground that is the first element that is sand then the second element he used in creating man was the breath in his nostrils only those two elements only those two elements now if man dies it would mean that the first second element that was put into man that is the air it will first cease then gradually this body of dust this body of sand this flesh of sand goes back to the ground scientifically speaking the doctors the moment there is no breath in a being he is declared dead so that means oh there is no spirit oh just roaming there is no spirit that will convert to a goat or a cow and come to life again there is no spirit turning to a plant there is no spirit just hovering or going to heaven or going to hell watching over me that oh my son my son my son no there is none of that all in the book of genesis all in the book of genesis now in that same book of genesis it has now over emphasized i don't want to say over emphasized because if i'm saying over emphasized just in the book of genesis then i'm just joking because we will see it in the book of leviticus exodus numbers deuteronomy joshua judges even up to revelation this thing of sin with sin we will never with sin we will never meet and have that experience adam and eve had at the beginning before sin if we cherish sin if i cherish sin if you my dear friend if you cherish sin in your heart then you will never i will never see god oh there is this thing the people preach these days oh grace oh grace 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 you don't need to be obedient you don't need to serve the lord in truth and in spirit you don't need to keep his laws you just you just need jesus and i beg if jesus kept the commandments of his father and died because he kept it do you think you and i will be exempted from keeping that commandment no 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 remember remember 
the consequence of sin is death now the grace we enjoy is that we have jesus because normally because i have sinned at one point in my life i only deserve to die no matter if i even if i don't sin anymore the fact that i have sinned then i should die but because of jesus because he lived a life without sin from his childhood from his babyhood to his teenage days to his youth till he became a full-grown man he did not sin that is why he is worthy and that is the grace i enjoy because he is worthy and for his sake i will be saved it's not that i am exempted from keeping god's commandments his charge his statutes no no and we've seen the consequence of sin it is death the first flood sodom gomorrah nations how god dealt with individuals and all of it we have seen the clear consequence of sin and the good news is we have also seen that god is a faithful god who will reward the righteous with that crown of glory if conditional statement if and only if he remains faithful to the end then lastly before we dive into exodus i'm happy is in the account of genesis god revealed to us that the instructions he gave he gave to man he did not give to the israelites he did not give to the jews he did not give to he gave all to man you know the key where people will say oh no this is for the jew is the sabbath and we see in the creation story that the sabbath was also part of that creation story it wasn't it wasn't it wasn't for any specific people it is part of the creation story man is part of the creation story the birds the plants the, the the earth the trees they are part of the creation story and the sabbath is part of the creation story meaning it cannot be changed if it can be changed then we can say that god can change but you know god cannot change you and i know that he does not change i mean if if the sabbath can be changed then human beings can be changed that flood god should have just created man again but he didn't instead he chose to spare the righteous didn't create man again he didn't create the world again when the floods dried the vegetation started to grow again they were not recreated and so is the sabbath the sabbath is not done away with and it is not shifted the seventh remains the seventh and i like how the bible puts it i like how god 
stated it so clearly. He did not say he made the seventh day a Sabbath. If he says a Sabbath, then it means that we can as well shuffle the seventh, seventh day. We can shuffle it to Sunday, we can shuffle it to Monday. But he said he blessed the seventh day. Meaning it cannot be changed. Oh, we saw that even before there was a people called the Israelites, he had a priest, had a priest everywhere. Everywhere he had persons. Everywhere, everyone that decided in his heart to obey the commands, the statutes of God that has been passed down from the time of Adam even to the time of Joseph, as we have read so far. They did the same bonds offering, wave offering, drink offering. We see that they practiced these things. Even in Egypt, even after how they had departed from God, they still held on to those foundational ways of doing things. God is good. And, and it's. I'm glad he has preserved all of these things even for us today aren't you glad aren't you happy i remember when i was in school out out teachers would just give us I'm, I'm using mathematics for as an example teachers will give us some examples of an equation they will solve it so easy and during the exam you just see something that you will need to do Pythagoras theory and elimination equation, quadratic equation. And I'll be like, why didn't you just solve this complex one as an example? So that's why we meet it in the exams. We would understand. Instead of bugging our minds. But we see that God has not dealt with us the way man deals with a fellow man. God has given us every single thing. So that we do not assume. So that we do not guess. He wants us to know. And to know in full. In details. Our God is a good God. Hi. My name is Olua Femi and you are welcome to the Gospel Space. I thank God very much. We completed the book of Genesis last week friday and it's it's such a blessing it is such a blessing how much we have learned and i praise god so much for it and i like how god is repeating these things over and over and over and over again so much so that it should stick even by now by now as we have finished the book of genesis we should know beyond every doubt that what God wants from us is absolute obedience, absolute conformity to his image, righteousness. Let us have a word of prayer as we go into today's study, the book of Exodus. Let's pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for today. We thank you for teaching us. We thank you for how you've been abiding with us ministering to our hearts and mind, opening your words, giving us understanding, and sending your Holy Spirit to guide us into your own path of truth. 
Father, we come again before you as sinners that we are, pleading for mercy and pleading for the forgiveness of our sins. Please have a mercy upon us. Please send us your Holy Spirit that he may teach us and guide us as we study and hear from you. This is our plea, O Lord, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. The book of Exodus, Israel's suffering in Egypt. <clears throat> Yesterday. Now, these are the names of the children of Israel who came to Egypt. Each man and his household came with Jacob, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan, Naphtali, Gad, and Asher. All these who were descendants of Jacob, all those who were descendants of Jacob, the father, were 70 persons, for Joseph was in Egypt already, that's in brackets, and Joseph died, and all his brothers, and all that generation died, that is, Joseph, his brothers, Issachar, Reuben, Simeon, Levi, they all died died at this point and that generation now this what what it means by that generation it means everyone who were in their age in that generation be it egyptians be it um, the people of israel the sons of israel they all died but the children of israel were fruitful and exceedingly multiplied abundantly and they grew exceedingly mighty, and the land was filled with them. Now, they weren't just multiplying, they were becoming strong. Now, if, if a land is becoming mighty and strong, it would mean that they were having male children. Now, there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. It is obvious, I believe it is obvious that the Pharaoh who handed over to his son is not the Pharaoh God is telling us about here. Because the Pharaoh here is, he most likely has a son that would inherit and the son would most likely know Joseph because he is seeing how daddy is giving Joseph authority over everything. Joseph was the man. So it's not... It's not the 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 Joseph. Uh, it's not the Pharaoh of uh, maybe the the second generation after the Pharaoh that employed him as governor. So this must be a third generation Pharaoh. I'm assuming. I'm assuming because I mean, uh, the the second generation Pharaoh would know who Joseph is. I mean, what he did as governor. The amount of wealth he accumulated for Pharaoh during his time is not something that Pharaoh's son at that point would not know. That wouldn't be an easy Joseph to forget. So now there arose a new king over Egypt who did not know Joseph. And he said to his people, Look, look, the people of the children of Israel are more and mightier than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them, 
lest they multiply and it happens in this in the in the event of war that they also join our enemies and fight against us and so go up out of the land therefore they set taskmasters over them to afflict them with burdens and they built for Pharaoh supply cities Pithom and Ramesses but the more they afflicted them the more they multiplied and grew for they were in dread of the children of Israel so the Egyptians made the children of Israel serve it rigor and they made their lives bitter and held and held them uh, and had excuse me and they made their lives bitter with hard bondage in mortar in brick and in all manner of servants service in the field all their service in which they made themselves was with rigor these are the sufferings of the children of Israel then the king of Egypt spoke to the Hebrew midwives of whose the name of one was Sipora and the name of the other Push sorry Pua and he said when you do the duties of a midwife for the Hebrew women and see them in the birth tools if it is a son then you shall kill him but if it is a daughter then she shall live but the midwives feared God and did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them but saved the male children alive so the king of Egypt called for the midwives and said to them why have you done this thing and saved the male children now before we read the reply of Sipora and Poa I'm, 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 I'm seeing two things here I'm seeing two things here now I am saying that despite all the benefits these two midwives must have received from Pharaoh they still feared God now I don't know if they received although God has not even expressly told us that they received benefits but I am assuming I am assuming if you would tell someone to assassinate for you there must be a reward that will make the person in fact there must be a reward there must be something you are willing to give the person as a reward now this 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 is not a thing that oh the king sees and he expects by tomorrow or next tomorrow or next month he'll see changes no it takes nine months for a woman to conceive no to put to bed not conceive it takes nine months so it would mean that he must have waited for a long period of time he must have waited a long period of time before he could even realize that it's like this these midwives didn't actually kill these male sons as we have agreed we see that they feared god now the second thing we are seeing is that now as they were giving birth they were giving birth to male children because now pharaoh is now concerned that when war breaks out that the israelites will join 
the people that are at war with them to fight meaning they were having a lot a lot of male children women don't go to war men do so are we seeing how the bible is helping us understand how we seen how the bible these passages these chapters are giving us a full story it is helping us paint a picture so well and so clear and the midwives said to pharaoh because the hebrew women are not like the egyptian women for they are lively and give birth before the midwives come to them now when when i first read this in my head i'm like for these women to make this statement that the women of hebrew they are lively and they can actually give birth even before they come i'm like they can't give a foolish lie to feel it would mean that this is actually possible it would mean that this is actually possible now i'm not saying it is possible for the woman to put to bed on her own i'm saying it is possible that they are just people who can guide i mean when a midwife is i i, I believe this is not a coded thing I believe it's not a coolest thing and i mean do, do you know how many people how many people were in israel at this point for them to be having much much children it means a lot they had exceedingly multiplied as god has told us they must have exceedingly multiplied and it's interesting it is interesting there is a lot of things attached to this very easy reading statement this midwives made now i I, i'm I'm very privileged to be amongst um medical missionaries who are medically inclined and you know when when we see and i hear them say a lot of things there's a lot of things that go on with the body there is a lot of habits that a lady can actually um or, or, or there's a lot of lifestyle habits that a lady can have that would make childbirth easy and there is also a lot of bad lifestyle habit that a lady can have that can not only cause complications but also uh, make child delivery very difficult and such kinds of life habits are okay maybe drinking alcohol smoking um a lot of highly processed foods like indomie spaghetti and all these unorganic foods these things can make childbirth difficult compared to a lady who is going organic not just going organic but applying those applying and obeying those simple commandments god has given of what is clean and what is unclean so i'm just assuming that okay yes this this israelites even at this point even this generation still obeyed those commandments and as god promised abram i would make you a father of many nations you will not be able to count your seed and we see god fulfilling that promise now is god just creating more no no it is because they are obeying the commands 
that they are seeing themselves multiply. It is because they are obeying. God is not doing any is not doing any cheat. When he promised Abraham a son, he didn't he didn't he didn't cheat. No 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 no. He didn't. Abraham and Sarah had to go through that normal course of a childbirth, of conceiving. They had to do the thing parents do to have a child. There was no magic. There was no there was not it was just the natural course and the blessing of God as they went through that course. Now, I'm not saying course, C-A-U-S-E, pardon my pronunciation, if you think that's what I'm saying, I mean, I mean course like C-O-U-R-S-E. Therefore, God dealt well with the midwives and the people multiplied and grew very mighty. And so it was because the midwives feared God that he provided households for them. You see, are you seeing that the hand of God is ready? It is open to shower us blessings if only we obey. Now, when the Bible says they feared God, it means that they obeyed God. They looked and they were like, no, this is not right. In the sight of God, it is not right. It is a sin to kill. And now because they feared God, because they obeyed God, God now provided for them households. So Pharaoh commanded all his people saying, Every son who is born you shall cast into the river and every daughter you shall save alive oh again again it is clear it is because the children of Israel it is because the Hebrew they had plenty of male children the Egyptians were afraid. God is good. God is good. I thank God that he gives us explanations to his words so that we do not assume things. What I would like to draw your mind to is this. Do you see how every nation who is disobedient has the opportunity is given the privilege of knowing the truth do you see when abraham went to egypt god told him oh he he he, he lied to pharaoh that oh sarah was his sister and what was his reason he said because this place you people are evil and there is no fear of god in you now generations passed do you think they will all of a sudden be righteous no they would only deteriorate in character, in faith, and in belief. But God brought the light to them again. Let your light so shine. Let it shine. Don't hide your light under a basket or under a table. Let it shine. And that was what Joseph did. He 
brought that light of the commandments of God to Egypt. Now, the God they rejected, they had a second chance to receive, to repent, and to learn of Him. And this is everywhere. Every, every, every person, every nation, even after rejecting God, God still strives to bring the light to them before making judgment. Sodom and Gomorrah is another example. The light went there. The light in the family of Lot, it went there. Before Sodom, the light from Abraham went to the Hittite, to the people who lived along Mamre in the land of Canaan. God sent his light to Salem through Melchizedek, the high priest. God keeps sending his light to man so that he will repent, so that he would realize his sinful state and repent. My dear friends, my dear friend, you are a light. Let your light so shine. Let it so shine. That those who have gone so far from God will see God in you. As Pharaoh and Potiphar saw God with Joseph, that their hearts may be drawn back to the one who created them. A word of encouragement will be coming from the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter, chapter 1, and it's a timely word of encouragement. And it reads, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instructions. Only fools despise wisdom. Only fools despise instruction. But the fear of the Lord. What did we read? That is the fear. The obedience of God. My obedience. Your obedience to God. Is the beginning of knowledge. I pray we have a burning desire to obey. I pray that that light, that zeal to do as God has commanded will be lit in our hearts that we may shine and draw all men to our Father. You have a wonderful day. God bless you.